Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Nathan Herndon. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or website for ways to give. I know who that guy is, but he's attractive. Tell you what. So anyway, wow. Couldn't stop staring. Um, Anyway, well, it's good. Good to see you all. I want to give you a little update. Do you know we had Mary and Joseph were out in the live nativity braving frigid temperatures? Is Mary, are Mary and Joseph, are they here? We got Joseph right here. Just stand up for a second. We want to thank you. Is Mary in the house? Is she anywhere? She right? Mary is frozen. Mary's still out there. She's frozen. Mary's over here. Thank you all so much. Let's just thank them one more time for sitting out there. So good. We had llamas and live animals and all kinds of things, but it was, it was too cold for them. So I uh, just want to, we're sorry about that. We had to adapt a little bit, but safety first, right? Uh, it's good to see you all. Um, thank you all for the people that you've been praying for my eyes. I'm still wearing uh, glasses, but January 9th, I get to wear contacts again. So just a little update. God's healing my eyes. is so good. Um, so, uh, but uh, if you have your Bibles here tonight, I still, even on Christmas Eve, I still want us to get into the Word, uh, the Word of God just knows how to get to the deep places of our hearts. It's not people's opinions. Um, it is not, uh, it's not persuasive, persuasive speeches. It's the word of God, right? And so we want to be people of his word. So if you have your Bibles, grab them open to the book of Matthew chapter 1. And then if you could put your finger in the book of Luke chapter 2. Those are the two main places where we're going to be. It's going to be on the screen. So if you didn't bring your Bibles, that's okay. And if you need a Bible, uh, please let us know. But as you're turning to those places, um, I'm just feeling jovial. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Christmas. Uh, but do you mind if I tell you a dad joke this morning? Just to kind of, or this this evening. Do you mind if I do that? It really has not. If you want me to be serious, I'll just jump right in. But if if you just want to hear a dad joke that has nothing to do with anything at all, but I just like anybody. We got TJ back here. So the dad joke. Oh, so you just want me to read the Bible? Okay. Anyway, no. Here's so here's the, here's this uh, here's this Christmas dad joke thing that uh, I just heard recently, and um, it goes like this. There's a lady that was driving. It was a few weeks before Christmas, and. Uh, I told this last year, so if you heard it, I just have to tell it again. But there's this lady, she's driving, it's a few uh, weeks before Christmas, and as she's driving, she hears this horrible noise. Uh, it's, it's all she can hear in her vehicle as she drives. She's very concerned for the condition of her car. She doesn't have money to buy a new one. And so this, this noise keeps lasting and lasting and lasting, and so finally she takes it into the mechanic. It's a few days before Christmas now, and the mechanic um, you know, puts her in the waiting room. He takes the car out, and he takes it on a good spin, and he comes back, and he, sit, and he sits down with the lady and he says listen I've got good news and I got bad news here is the bad news I just want to vindicate you and validate your opinion there is a horrible noise coming from the car and it's it's dangerous to all who hear it all right and so good job for bringing it in here here's the good news though the good news is um, I, I ejected the Mariah Carey Christmas album from the thing the noise went away listen everything is fine everything is fine all right it is fine now, okay? So thank you. That will be $57.91, uh, but it will be fine. So anyway, I just, uh, it, it just gets me. I'm just, just tired. I'm just tired of that album. Anyway, it's just kind of a little, so just a, so a little laughing. And uh, some of you actually got massively offended. Uh, but uh, anyway, you've got to offend some people, and, and that's a good church service. But anyway, hey, hey did, you, uh, did, you find, did you find your place in the Bible Yeah. You do that? All right. So, so Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18, 
But I want to talk about this, and this is what the passage, uh, these two passages are talking about in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. I, what I want to do tonight is I want us to delve into the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. We've heard the name of Jesus above every other name. It's at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord, right? And we, we read stories about how at, at angelic declaration, Mary and Joseph were, were called to name this baby Jesus. I just want to talk some about the significance of that name, and I want to talk about the gift that this name of Jesus actually is. All right? Um, I, don't, I don't know if you have ever um, received a Christmas gift that you wanted to be excited about, mostly because the person giving it to you was precious to you, but, and you wanted to be excited about, but the reality was you just weren't excited about it. Now, some of us, uh, we are realist, and we just say, hey, thanks so much, didn't really need it, or I already have one, and we just tell people like that. They're great people to have Christmas morning with, right? Do you know anyone like that? Uh, but then there's other people that just know how to lie, and they know how to, oh, this is great, best thing ever, and so it's really great. But down, when you're really honest, down at your, at the, at your, uh, at the honest level, you know that this gift just didn't really do it for me. So here's a few examples. I remember when, my, my, uh, when I started dating my wife and I started joining her family for Christmas morning, uh, or for Christmas kind of afternoon is what it was, um, I remember the first gift I remember uh, receiving from uh, my nanny, my, my wife's uh, you know, grandmother, sweetest lady, uh, but she got me dish cloths. And uh, I was just like, I was trying to be like, you know, I was like, I don't know, 18 or 19 years old, and I was trying to be excited about these dishcloths, and I was like, wow, these are nice, like, it's like, they're soft, you know, I'm just, you're trying to find a word, just a, something positive to say about them, and I think that they had, you know, the different colors, I think they were green and red, and they had Christmas trees on them, I was just like, wow, like, you know, I don't, hey, you know, What's wrong? You know, so I was just like, I, I couldn't really get into it. Remember, there was another uh, season in my life where my brother got a Rickenbacker guitar and I got a mandolin. I was just like, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm trying to be excited about this mandolin, but I don't play mandolins. And the price differentiation here is, is really a thing. And so I'm trying to be excited about it. But I, I, just, I just really couldn't be. And I always make my mom pay for that one. Uh, but uh, I remember there's, there's, uh, there's been times in my life where I have been trying to get excited about a gift, but I couldn't get excited. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up tonight on Christmas Eve is because I think let's, let's operate in reality here tonight. I think so many of us, we hear that the greatest gift in the universe known to man was poured out on the earth as Jesus come to earth. And we're just with everybody else. We, we look around and we're like, why would people dance over that? It kind of sounds cool. It's intriguing. It's kind of sci-fi. But I don't understand, there's nothing about that that actually makes me super excited, that exhilarates my soul. I don't even know if I believe it. I'm trying to, but I just don't know why Jesus coming to earth is considered historically and, you know, the greatest gift of all time. Can I tell you that what makes a great gift, I made a little math equation here, what makes a great gift is a great need that causes great desire for the answer to that need is the greatest gift. Can you imagine with me for a second, your car breaks down, all right? You do not have money for a new car and you don't have money to get the car fixed. But on Christmas morning, somebody knocks on your door and they hand you the keys to a brand new car. You don't have to make payments on it. 
It is just yours, free and clear. How many people would be overjoyed at that, like, oh, my word, I didn't have money. There's the need. I, didn't, I, didn't ha- I couldn't make payments. There's a great need. My, my desire is I have to have a vehicle to, you know, to operate in life, drive my family around and stuff. And here the answer is fantastic. Or, or maybe you're in college and you're, the, the need that you have is I need to pay for my tuition. It is due. I don't know how I'm going to pay it. And somehow you go and you check your account and it has been paid in full. Somebody has paid it. Now, how many people would say, now, these are great gifts. You have a great need, massive amounts of money, and uh, which causes a great desire for the answer to those problems. And those problems are gifted to you, right? How many people, is anybody excited here? Right? Anybody excited about that? Well, I want to tell you uh, tonight that this is, that as we are looking at Christmas, I believe that one of the reasons that we are not excited about Jesus is we don't really honestly know and believe that he is the answer to the greatest need of our heart. And I want to talk, I want to talk about the name of Jesus and how the name of Jesus actually uh, excavates all the stuff that has filled up our hearts and points to the greatest need in our hearts. All right, so I want to read this to us. This is Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. And we're, we're going to dig in here. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ. We're going to come back to this. Let me just say this right now, that Jesus Christ is not Jesus' first and last name. Okay? Um, so we're going to talk about the names of Jesus here. And he's going to do some good heart work on us. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So his name is Jesus. Amen? For he will save his people from their sins. Look at verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So I I want us to look at the names of Jesus from this passage. And the first thing that I want us to see is that the the name of Jesus uh, is Christ. It's Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Look at verse 18. The the. Angels are announcing to Joseph uh, Jesus' birth, and he says, uh, it, now, the birth of, or, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way, all right? Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. So Jesus Christ, I want to talk about the significance of Christ. This is not the first and last name. Christ means anointed one or Messiah. You hear that? We see this too in, in Luke chapter 2, starting in, in verse 11. Here's angels again. Um, making this really beautiful declaration about the birth of Jesus. Look at verse 11. And they they say this, among other great things, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. All these things are so significant. We don't have time to really dig in, but I want to focus on a few other things. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, once again, the angels don't know just Jesus' first and last name. Jesus, you know, Jesus Christ. It should really accurately be, accurately be Jesus the Christ. Christ is not a last name. Christ is saying what Jesus is. In other words, he is the anointed one or he is the long-awaited Messiah. 
And in Jewish the history and in the Old Testament, there's centuries and centuries and centuries of prophetic utterance speaking towards the Christ coming or the Messiah coming to earth. And, uh, and you see this even in the very beginning of, of Genesis when, uh, when it's prophesied that, the, um, that the, the snake will bruise your heel, but you, you will crush his head. It's talking about, even from the beginning with Adam and Eve, it's talking about the, the coming of the anointed one or the coming of the Messiah. All right. So all of, all of Israel was waiting for the deliverer to come, for the Christ to come, for the Messiah to come. And here's what is happening. And we kind of blow over this when we see Christ as the last name of Jesus. We miss the significance that Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is, is a declaration of who Jesus is. In other words, the angels are saying, this is the one for millennia that all creation has been waiting for, longing for, begging for, and needing. This is Christ. This is the Messiah, the anointed one. He is the Christ, Jesus the Christ. Now, we also see here in, in these passages that Jesus is the Savior. He is the Christ, but he is the Savior. Look at verse 21 of Matthew chapter 1. Um, the angel says, you shall call his name Jesus. Now, let's just stop right there. There's a lot there. You shall call his name Jesus. Jesus as a name was fairly common. Have you ever thought about where the name Jesus came from? Right? It, wasn't, it, didn't just, it didn't come out of heaven and Jesus was the first one to ever have it. Uh, Jesus is actually a Hebrew name, and the, the, in Hebrew, you pronounce this Yeshua. There's no J's actually in the Hebrew alphabet. And so you use a Y as, as Yeshua, and translated into English, it's actually Joshua from Hebrew. So if your name is Josh here tonight, man, you and Jesus actually have the same name. Did you know that? Right? Is that great? So, it, so you, translate, you translate Yeshua into Greek, and then into English, you get Jesus. All right? So we're just learning here together tonight. But that's, that's where it comes. So, so the Yeshua is Hebrew. We translate to Greek and then back into English as Jesus. The reason I'm saying all this is this is, this is a common name, but it's the meaning of the name that, get, that gets the heavens uh, declarative, hey, you've got to name this child Jesus. Because here is what the, the word Jesus names uh, means. Here's what the name Jesus means. It, it means Savior. It means the Lord saves. Okay? So, so really, let, let's backtrack for a moment. The angels are saying, this is the Messiah coming, and you need to call, he is the Christ, and you need to call his name Jesus, not because of the originality of the name, but because of the implications, because of what Jesus is going to be doing. He's going to be saving. Call his name Jesus. Now, if we continue to read in this verse, you should call his name Jesus. For is the reason why, do you see this in, in verse 21? For is the reason why he will save his people from their sins. All right? So four is the reason why. We could translate it accurately this. You should call his name Jesus for this reason. He will save his people from their sins. I love the, the uh, if you just really break down this verse, you say, you say, you should call his name Jesus for then he. This, this is the, the emphasis is he and he alone. This baby that is born is he 
and he alone will save his people from their sins. And then when we look at this, save his people, that is the mission of Jesus. Jesus did not come to earth to be an example that hopefully you follow. Listen, I, I've been following Jesus long enough to know that I don't have what it takes to follow him perfectly. And that's really what religion is. Religion is, there's a guy to follow, try to do what that guy did. That is not what Christianity is. Christianity is this, Jesus came and did what you could never do in 10 million lifetimes. He did it for you and then he gives it to you by faith. But I'm skipping ahead. I'm just excited about that part. All right. So he and he alone will save his people. The mission of Jesus is he is on a rescue mission, but he's not, he's not rescuing people that he doesn't care about. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That God, it's the so love of God that sends Jesus to earth. The mission of Jesus is to save people that he loves. And so what the name Jesus means is, is the Lord is salvation. In other words, the Lord saves. So this name is descriptive of his mission on the earth, all right? So this is Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. I, I know he doesn't look exactly like you guys were hoping for. We'll get to that part in a moment. But this is the Messiah. His name is Jesus because the Lord saves, all right? It's this last part that is the nagging part from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. Now, I would say that that, my friends, is our greatest problem. And that is the reason why many of us don't really see Jesus as the greatest gift in the world. It is unpopular today for people to look in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? I've got a sin problem. Many people, like, if something wrong happens in your life, something wrong happens in our life, someone cuts us off and we just went off, of them, off on them verbally, we say, well, they cut me off. There's always an excuse for the sin that we let in our lives, right? I, listen, I'm just preaching to myself. I'm just preaching to the choir. I know that you, you look in the mirror and usually what we do is when, when our life is breaking down from the inside out all around us, what we do is we blame other people instead of taking responsibility for ourselves and say, hey, I have sinned and my, the greatest need that I have in my life is not a new car. It's not a new anything. It's not a vacation. It's not a new house. It's not a new job. The greatest gift that I need this Christmas is nothing that money can buy. The greatest need that I have is I need a savior who will forgive me of my sins. Now, this is, I'm telling you, it, you can't amp yourself up into Jesus if you don't see yourself. He's just a good man if you don't see yourself first without him as a sinner. Now, when he saves you, when he does what he came to do and he saves you, here's the beautiful news. You are no longer a sinner. You're actually a saint or a son if you're a man or a daughter if you're a woman. You're a son or a daughter. When you're saved, you're a son or a daughter. But before that, do you know what you are? You're a nasty sinner. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know? Hey, I, I, if, it, if there wasn't good news attached to this, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't offend you and hurt you. I just, listen, it is, this is the, the kingdom of God is an upside down, backwards kingdom. And the, the way that you enter it is not by presenting all of your successes. The way you present it is laying your failures at the cross, you see. And Jesus actually was born to die. 
It was born to pay for all of your sins. So here, here's, you lay all of your failures at the cross, all of your sin at the cross. Sin is just preferring anything over God. You see, hear this? It is not underperforming, it is underpreferring, and the one that you haven't preferred is God. You preferred, uh, preferred your own opinion, you preferred lots of things over God, and the Bible calls that sin. So you open up your heart and you see the reality that I am a sinner, I cannot fix this problem on, on my own, money can't fix it, money can't buy me out here, I need a savior. Well, let me tell you what, this is why Jesus came. This is what the name Jesus means. It means the Lord saves. You don't save yourself. The Lord saves. Somebody else, your, your, your wife can't save you. It's the Lord saves. Your kids, pastors can't save you. The Lord saves. Teachers can't save you. The Lord, education doesn't save you. The Lord saves. His name is Jesus. The Lord saves. Uh, political parties can't save you. The Lord saves. Right? Sports can't save you. Hobbies can't save you. Happiness can't save you. Traveling can't save you. It, it, it's prolonging the inevitable because the day is going to come where you're going to be face-to-face -face with sin that has, has rapidly destroyed your life from the inside out. And, and you can self-medicate and stuff, but you're only prolonging the inevitable. And the inevitable is you're going to get to the place in your life when you're going to see, I, the problem is me. I have decided that I want life without God. And this is where Jesus comes and he says, you know what, it's those people that are willing to say that I've come to save them. The Lord saves. So this is where people tend to get disappointed with Jesus. Because back in the day, when we're reading from the Gospel of Matthew and then the Gospel of Luke, none of these people were looking for a Messiah or none of these people were looking for God to send a Savior that was going to save them from their sins. Right? They were looking for a political leader that was going to save them by rallying an army and getting them free of Rome that was oppressing them. That is, that is what they, when they thought of the, of the Messiah, they wrote that over the Messiah. Now, I don't know what you think about when you think, man, if I had someone that could just save me, then this is what they would do for me. This is what they would do for me. Man, if they could do that for me, that would be really great. But I'm telling you, so these, these people, when they see they're expecting a king... And here comes Jesus, and he's born in a manger with a teenage mom, and I don't know how old Joseph was, but he's a carpenter, so obviously he smelled, right? They got sheep around, born in a, in a feeding trough, like this, this couldn't be the Messiah. <laughs> if that is the Messiah, that is the most disappointing Messiah I could ever imagine. I went, we're, we're slaves to Rome. We, are, we have no money. We can't buy anything. We don't have a hope. We don't have a future. But Jesus comes and he's born in a manger and he's humble. He's born in no-name places. He's raised in a no-name town like Nazareth. And there's a saying back then that says, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Well, except the Savior of the world. And so here, here's because of the humility of Jesus, because, because he is not riding horses and assembling armies and building weapons and, and you know, threatening Rome or threatening the establishment because Jesus is meeting people in, on, in back alleys, people on the fringes and the margins of society, people that everybody else gave up on, people that just listened, that just recognized that they were in need. That's where Jesus was starting with these people. It's, it's always the, 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 the people on the fringe, the woman at the well, the lepers, 
the outcasts, the, the lame, the beggars. These are the people that Jesus was starting with. And now, now the people of the day would look at Jesus and say, absolutely no way that that is the Messiah. Absolutely no way. That is so, dis- he, he, he's got he's to be possessed. He's got he's to be off his rocker. Just like, just we, we want the kind of king that we want. And so the real problem is that you don't get the kind of king that you want. You get the savior of the world and his name is Jesus. And people tend to get disappointed with Jesus even today. Man, I want a Jesus that is going to give me my my Christmas list. (laughs) I want a Jesus that's going to do it right. I don't want a Jesus that's going to make me walk a valley. Even if he's with me, which he promises to be. And we begin to build our own Jesus, but that is not how it works. You don't build your own Jesus. You, You surrender to the one Jesus. And so many of us today... We don't want to even, first of all, think of ourselves as sinners. Secondly, though, get, we don't want to get excited. It feels impossible. It feels like so wrong, almost rude. To have someone tell us that we're a sinner and that that is your greatest need, and now Jesus is going to save you from your sins. Like, no, like, Jesus, bless my business. Bless my family. Let it go smoothly. Just let it go well. Like, that's what I want. Let me walk in my dreams. Let me just, just do for me. What, let me just use you, Jesus. That's just not how it works, my friends. You know, Jesus is not a tool that you use. He, he's, a, he's a treasure that you're willing to lay everything in your life down for. This is who Jesus is. So you, you have to have an encounter with Jesus to see. And, and for me, I was, a, I was a, a pastor's kid. I was seven years old. And it was, uh, do you remember when churches used to do Wednesday night services? Do you remember that stuff back in the day? If you've been around church long enough, there used to be this thing called Wednesday night services. And I remember I was a pastor's kid, so we lived in a parsonage. Remember when those used to be a thing? It was a parsonage. It's just like the, the pastor lived on a, in a house that kind of was kind of like attached to the church property. I remember on a Wednesday night tr- uh, service, I, don't, I think it was the winter. It's dark outside. On, uh, I heard Jesus preached not as a tool that you use to get what you really want, but something happened to me by the Holy Spirit that my eyes were opened to see that Jesus, this Savior, this man whose name is Jesus, is the one my heart really wants. My eyes opened. So, wow, how do I get that guy? How do I get that guy? I remember running home um, through the night. I jumped in my bed and I was a pile of tears. My heart was so broken. Like, seven year, years old, I'm a pastor's kid. What did I do? Like, I was thinking, like, you know, I, I, you know I, I, I used to hide under the bus seat and roll marbles down. Like, is that really as bad as it gets? Like, oh, wow, you really need a savior, right? Seven years old. But I found out that even in my seven-year-old heart, I prized other things over Jesus. Listen, that's enough. You have to look in the mirror and say, listen, I've wanted something else. And I, in a puddle of tears, my mom comes in. I told my mom, Mom, I want to follow Jesus. My mom prayed with me. Just, it's not a prayer that saves you. Do you know what the Bible says? It's faith that saves you. But the prayer went, Jesus, I trust you. I'm not offering you my good works. I'm receiving yours. Please forgive me. I give my whole life to you. All of my sin, that was the old me. Now, Jesus, my life is yours. And from, listen, from seven years old, not with perfection, I have followed Jesus. 
I I promise you this. My life has not been easy, all right? Following Jesus doesn't give you this this great, like, kind of thing where it's always a mountaintop and you're you're a a multi-billionaire, all right? It has been so hard, but I promise you, Jesus has been worth all of the peaks and valleys and all the hills and all the stuff. He has never disappointed me, ever, not even close. And this is what he came to do. He didn't come to be a Santa Claus to us. He came to be Jesus to us. You know what Jesus does? He takes sinners and he saves them and he makes them saints, sons and daughters in his kingdom. And that's what he did for me. And this room is filled with people that he's done that for. He's, the Bible goes on to say that this is, this is the Christ, Jesus the Christ, and they bring Old Testament prophecy into it. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, which says, Let me just, let me read this to you. Uh, Matthew is quoting it here. He says, look at verse 22 of of Matthew chapter one, actually. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So let me tell you this. God, here's, here's what religion is, is trying to perform well for a God who's distant. Here's what Christianity is. God came to you. And he's not asking, he's not looking for a performance, I guarantee you that. He's looking for you. He's looking for your heart. He's looking for people that will say, sinner right here, can you do something with this one? Can you, just, can, you, can you start here? I'm not offering you my goodness, I'm offering you my brokenness. And that is where Emmanuel starts, with your brokenness. Do you know, if, do you know it's, it's kind of like when we don't say, God, I'm a broken person, we, we basically were trying to offer God our goodness. Do you know what that kind of is, that offering God our goodness? That's kind of putting like layers of insulation over our hearts. That's what it is. It's kind of like we're putting, we're putting armor over our hearts. No, no, God, I don't need anything from you. I want to give you stuff. Well, th- that is called, that's called reverse. Because salvation is the needy coming to God and God is glorified by giving. He's a generous God. Religion is, I don't want to receive anything from God. I just want to give him all of my stuff. And man, South Central Pennsylvania is filled with that mentality. Then we call it, we call it Christianity and we call it biblical. It's not biblical. It's heretical. All right. You're not giving God stuff. You're receiving from God. His righteousness, his grace, his forgiveness. And it's all through faith. This is where it happens. This is where the action is. And I'm telling you, and it happens. Like, here's, here's what happens. Jesus becomes your everything. When you've received his mercy, you've received his mercy. You're like, wow, you gave me what I could never earn. You become a treasure that's greater for me than, I could, than I've ever had. Everything I've ever tried has left me disappointed, but not you, Jesus. So I just really believe that this Christmas Eve, that it, I know how ridiculously weird it sounds. But the, this Christmas Eve, if you have not given your life to Jesus, the best thing that you can do is say, Jesus, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm not like you. I am a sinner. Do you know what I need? A savior. I'm telling you, joy bombs will go off in your heart. Love bombs. Have you ever been love bombed? All right. Happy bombs will go off in your heart. We say, my greatest need is not a house or a car or a thing that you can unwrap. My greatest need is a man and his name is Jesus. He forgives me from all, for all of my sin. He never should. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. He should never, he, like we, we should, you know what God should say is, listen, you've chosen to do life without me. You've made your bed, now sleep in it. 
That's what he should do. He had every right to do that. But love does not let him. This is, you have to know God, like his character. He's a God of love. He comes after us. He's Emmanuel. He comes after us to save us. He's Jesus. It, and, and, this is, and he is Christ, the Messiah. He's promised this for, for such a long time, all throughout history. And he gives us what we do not deserve and what we could never earn. He gives us himself forgiveness of our sins. This is the Jesus that I'm presenting to you tonight that could be your greatest gift. You could be excited. You know, Providence is a church where a lot of people have gathered that all they have is Jesus. We got a lot of people that, you know, they've got there's great business people and all that stuff. But there's a lot of people that gathered and said, like, listen, my life was a mess. I was tanking my life so fast. And then Jesus came along and it absolutely changed me. And so it's a church, like, when, when those people get saved and love goes off in their heart, we let them dance. We let them wave flags. Just like tomorrow morning, if you're a parent here, you don't want your kids to be dignified as they're opening gifts that you've paid for to give to them. You want them to be excited. You want joy to go off, right? Well, that's what God wants when he gives you himself. He wants you to say, wow, wow, this is the greatest gift. We just want to turn it loose. We never want to lose a childlikeness around here where we can't be goofy and weird for Jesus. At least I don't. And I'm the pastor, so I think, that's, I think that matters. Guys, can I just listen to this? Listen to this. Your greatest need is to have your sins forgiven, paid for by Jesus. That is what Jesus was doing on the cross. He came to save you. Just, just think about this for a second. He came to save, put your name in that blank. He came to save Mary. He came to save Mike. He came to save Nathan. He came to save you. Put your name in there. And the, the question this evening is, is not do you believe that with your head, but do you, do you receive that with your heart? That's what faith is. It's not just like, I believe that this table will hold my Bible and my notes. Okay, that, that's, that's, I'm operating in faith right now. But I actually have to put my Bible on the table for it to actually be faith. All right, let, let, me, let me show you this. This is, this is not faith. All right? I believe the table will hold my Bible. What's well, faith when I actually put my Bible on and I rest it on there? And many of us, man, we're, we're, we're like 12 inches from salvation. It's like we only believe it here. And tonight can be a time or we begin to believe it here and we just welcome Jesus in. How many people want that? If you want that tonight, I just want you to, in your own way, in your own words, I just want you to tell Jesus that. Jesus, I don't have the theological terminology for this, but listen, you don't have to. Listen, all you have to say is, Jesus, I receive what you've done for me. I receive your righteousness. I receive your salvation. I'm sorry for my sin. I just want you. And wait to see what happens. It's wonderful, beautiful, life-changing forever. Can some, can some of you just do that? You don't have to stand and jump to your feet, but some of people just like, let me just hit pause for a second. Some of you just around this room, just begin to tell God in the quietness of your heart, he can hear you there. God, I want that. Save me. Save me, God. Save me. Your name is Jesus. You came to save me. You came to save me. Because this guy, he came to save you. Just begin to tell God that right now. I want that, God. I want that, God. I want you, Jesus. You are better for me than all of my dreams put together. If you are in my future, come what may.
Amen? Let me just pray for you here, guys. May put your hands over your heart. Let, just this, let this just be a time, just like renewal, just say, Jesus, I want you again in a whole new way. Even some of us who've put our faith in Jesus as a seven-year-old, even tonight, let's just have God just, just stir up new levels of faith, new levels of joy in us. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the, the, the great gift of Jesus, of life. Lord, I just pray for people tonight that have just put their faith in Jesus. Lord, I pray that they would be protected from the enemy. The enemy could not come and steal the good work that you've done. But they would be on a journey where they hold on to you for the rest of their lives. Lord, I pray for other people that you would, you would encourage, that you would renew, revive, God. Bring, bring revival to our hearts again, that we would, we would never cool. We would, our hearts would never cool. But I just pray for an increase of your burning, an increase of passion and desire and excitement for you. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't ask us to journey towards you. You journeyed towards us. You came after us. And man, that's what love is. So God, we bless you today. Just, just release, just, just, just power over hearts here today. Just gospel power, the, the power of the gospel to change hearts. That trying and striving would die right now in hearts, that that would no longer be our ambition. The ambition would only be to receive and know. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.